0: Out of the Pen Podcast.
1: I be
0: What's up and welcome to Out of the Pin Podcast here on the My Team, My Voice Sports Podcast Network. Uh, Man, sports fans rejoice. It's My Team, My Voice for all your sports needs. Whatever platform you prefer to listen to your podcast, you're going to find us on it. Whether it's Spotify, iTunes, um, Google Play, wherever. Just make sure you follow My Team, My Voice on Twitter at MTMV Sports, and you'll get all the great podcasts, including Out of the Pen Baseball, where we're bringing you baseball from a fan's perspective. I am Eric Boston, and with me is my my friend, my confidant, um, you know, an okay-looking dude, one Mr. Andy Ziga. How you doing, dude? Doing great. Good to be here today. Awesome, awesome. So, let's just jump right into it, Andy. Um, Obviously... Just over this weekend, uh, a pretty big thing in baseball happened. We we wrapped up the World Series, and the Boston Red Sox uh, were able to bring home their fourth World Series title since, what, 2013? Um, or no, that's not right. Since 2004? 2004. 2004. There we go. I had 2013 on the brain, apparently. And then their... Um, Ninth overall title as well. Um, Facing the the Los Angeles Dodgers, who were in the World Series last year as well. And, uh, you know, Boston kind of right out of the gate this year from from the moment opening day happened. They just kind of situated themselves as uh, just a dominant, perhaps best overall team in all of baseball. And that's really kind of how it played out with them taking series four games to one um, Andy what, what were your thoughts from, from the World Series
1: well uh, I thought there were some really good games and I, I honestly thought the Dodgers um, just kind of kind of blew it in some ways they, they, uh, they had some chances and they just kind of gave it away um, you know, but the uh, the Red Sox—not to take away from the Red Sox—they were a great team this year. I mean, their their outfield defense is unbelievable. Um, their offense—they've got guys who can stroke it all over the place, um, and you know they've they've got veterans, they've got young guys. Uh, you know, it's not too surprising that they took it. The yeah, yeah.
0: Did. I think you know whenever you look at. The Dodgers, and and like I said, with them being in the World Series last year, uh, they really kind of struggled for a good part of the year. I mean, they were able to find that groove and get back to the fall classic. But uh, I'm with you. I mean, just from top to bottom when you're comparing 1 through 25 on a roster, um, it seemed like Boston just had the edge uh, across the board. Um, And one guy – that you know was really just kind of able to turn his, um, really his kind of his narrative around with this postseason for the Red Sox was David Price. You know he had uh, had some you know historic struggles in the in the postseason, and he was able to uh, get the win in Game Two. He was ready to go in Game Three and Four out of the bullpen if he needed, and he came out and clinched it in Game Five with us, you know throwing seven innings. Um, and he's already re-upped his, uh, you know, picked up his uh, player option for next year. So he's going to be staying in Boston. Now, one, pl- one player on the other side um, that could be getting ready to hit free agency that I wanted to talk with you about for a second um, is Clayton Kershaw. Now, he's in the same spot as David Price where he's got a player option, mm-hmm. but the, the belief seems to be that he's going to test the market, that he's going to go out there. And see what he can get. Um, you know, he's an, he's another guy that's had his share of troubles in the off season or in the postseason. And you know, it's not like he necessarily blew away the competition this year. What, what's your thoughts on on Clayton Kershaw? Did what he did his performance in the postseason help or hurt his cause going into potential free agency?
1: Uh. I would say it did neither as far as the uh, postseason performance. Um, everybody knows what they're getting with Kershaw. Um, what they don't know is um, his age, what, he, what you're going to get going forward. Um, I mean, somebody's going to pay him. And, I mean, he already, he, he already has uh, 265 that he could take. Um, yeah. and may, it may – I don't know. He hasn't had the best durability the last couple seasons, so um, and he's getting up there a little bit on the age. So he that could go either way. Like I mean, he could he could decide this is my last chance to really try to up it, but he could also say, hey, there may not be anybody willing to pay that for what I feel I'm still worth, and um, I I don't. I don't know. I'm not a big, big fan on believing much on the postseason talk of pitchers and stuff because we've seen pitchers who have had terrible postseasons, and then all of a sudden they pull what David Price pulled. You know, um, right. he, th- that seems to be a lot more hype than anything.
0: Yeah, um, and you know, I like what you say there. That it, it is an interesting uh, case. You know, maybe he says this. Guaranteed money here is, is a safer bet for me because, like you said, who, who knows? The injuries um, definitely affected him this year. I mean, I had him on my fantasy team, so I know that the injuries were a problem. Um, I think, you know, one interesting bit of, uh, of whispering that I've kind of heard that I thought, you know, would really relate to you is that, um, you know, Kershaw's from Texas, from the Dallas area, and that. Um, there's some belief that maybe he wants to play closer to home. Maybe he opts out and signs with your favorite team, the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Rangers fan, w- what do you think of that scenario? Like, is that something that you would be excited about? Or, or? Ranger, As Rangers
1: fans, we would be uh, extremely excited to get Kershaw. Like, yeah, he could end up. Uh, being hurt, not not being much anymore, but still, it's Clayton Kershaw. Like, it's somebody who can pitch. We we
0: need pitching. Um, I I well, don't especially see... after you, especially after yeah. losing, or not well, not say losing, but trading away Cole Hamills this year, yeah, uh, to Chicago. So
1: yeah, I mean, we basically have uh, almost five starting pitching spots to fill. But <laughs> like, maybe not quite that bad. But but we do <laughs> have we do have room there. But I also um, don't think that uh, they're looking this year to make a big splash. So I mean, maybe maybe they decide to open the pocketbooks for um, something for the future there. But um, but we, I, I really don't see the Rangers making big splashes. I see the Rangers making little things that make sense. To try to piece together a whole rotation instead of a partial one, and so. I don't know, but I we would be so excited, even if he ended up not being able to pitch very well. <laughs> it, it was great when Darvish was there, yeah. and they'd love to have Kershaw. So,
0: yeah, and and so Kershaw is going to be a name that really you know sets the tone for pitching in this uh, in this off season's free agency class. Which we're not going to dive into free agency right now. We're going to save that for another podcast. Uh, but definitely, definitely the the pitcher to be paying attention to as we head into the off season, you know, what he decides and and the impact that's going to have not only for the Dodgers, but for other pitchers that are out there looking for jobs this winter. Um, And then just real quick, want to hit on uh, Steve Pierce, you know, goes in, wins a world series MVP for the Red Sox. He's a, you know, kind of a bit of a journeyman, you know, they, they added him this summer uh, before the deadline and, the crazy thing is, is that not only did Boston get Pearson that deal, they got some cash with them as well. So they were like, you know, essentially paid to take him, right? <laughs> and then he comes in and kind of solidifies that first base spot, um, and and just has a really good World Series hit over three hundred um, with some key home runs, you know, driving guys across the plate. Um, what, what do you think, Andy? I mean, you gotta love when kind of the underdog. Yeah, gets a little time in the spotlight right
1: oh yeah and uh, just take a a quick look at, at his war over his career he's been playing um since 2007 and um he's only had including this season three seasons over one one war so he's basically a below replacement level player a lot of his career and he comes in and um man did he ever get the job done um had three home runs, eight RBIs. I mean, bad. Well, I, uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of fun to see those things rather than the big dogs get it at times.
0: Definitely, definitely. Well, so I mean, it's gonna be interesting going forward, seeing what um, Boston's able to do, build off this momentum. Um, and one thing that that's going to definitely affect is the entire AL East, but specifically that uh, rivalry. With the New York Yankees, who were one game away from the World Series last year, um, you know, added uh, to that lineup, and you know, got to the ALDS where they had to face those same Red Sox, um, and so we were able to talk with Nate Shelton from the uh, Bronx Bombers Beat podcast here on MTMV Sports. Um, so I want to just give us a chance to listen to that uh, interview, Andy. Uh, and kind of hear what he had to say, what, what does that impact look like for his team, uh, as well as the rest of the AL East, and we're going to come back, and we're going to kind of discuss what his thoughts were, okay? Sounds great. Right.
2: Yo, what's up? This is Avila, and you're
0: listening to MTMV Sports. Yeah. What's up, guys? This is Eric Boston with Out of the Pin Podcast. You are listening to My Team, My Voice Podcast Network. And with me on the My Team, My Voice phone line tonight is host of the Bronx Bombers uh, podcast. You can find that right here on MTMV Sports. Uh, He is Mr. Nate Shelton. Nate, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Man, I'm all right. Obviously, as the name suggests, your podcast focuses on that evil empire, the, the New York Yankees, the team people love to hate. And we're definitely going to jump into that. Uh, But I think, you know, we'll be amiss if we don't kind of hit on what happened uh, this past week in the World Series. Uh, But before we talk about that, I just want to thank you for being on the podcast with us.
2: Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm excited to talk about everything going on right now.
0: Awesome, awesome. So when we look at, at the Boston Red Sox, you know, the heated rivalry with the Yankees and. While, while the Yankees were, you know, just a game away from that World Series last year, and then they add in a MVP um, player to their roster, and yet they come out in 2018 and Boston just shows themselves to be the best team in baseball from start to finish. Um, what does Boston win in their fourth World Series in 15 in the last 15 years? You know, what does that mean from the standpoint of the AL East as a whole. And what does that mean for the rest of the teams in the division going forward?
2: Uh, well, it means everybody's kind to step up their game because Boston is obviously really good and really young. So teams are going to have to spend the money and really build up their farm systems if they want to compete. <laughs> Excuse me. And the Yankees have built up the farm system and this is the year they've been targeting to spend all kinds of money, so if you want to compete with Boston, it's going to take money, and unfortunately, there's only right now the Yankees that are willing to do that. Uh, We know Tampa Bay is always in uh, rebuild mode or conserve mode building up their farm system, never go out and get that big free agent to help them maybe get to that next level to to win the World Series, so it's It'll be interesting to see how everybody else reacts in the division this
0: coming season. Definitely, definitely. And I think, uh, like like I, we were talking about just a second ago, you know, the, the Yankees they were within one game of the World Series appearance last year, and then they go out and they add John Carlos Stanton, who's uh, you know the reigning NL MVP at the time, to you know a very heavy hitting rock you know lineup without him. Uh, and I think, you know, going into 2018, those expectations just in, increased. And they, you know, got into the playoffs as a wild card team. Um, but then in that divisional round, had to run into, you know, that, that eventual World Series winner in Boston. Um, just, just talk about the, the playoffs this year for just a second uh, with me. Uh, you know, what kind of reaction, you know, what's the feelings am, among the Yankees fan base uh, with how the year ultimately turned out for the, for the Bombers?
2: Uh, it was a mixed bag. Initially it was, you know, obviously, like you said, one game away from the World Series last year and then losing the wild card round this year. So, uh, you know, with the Yankees fans, it's always World Series or nothing. Anyway, but then they lose the Red Sox in the division round after last season's run just really (laughs) upset the whole fan base in general. Then, as kind of things cooled down and you just saw how good Boston was, everybody took a step back and was realized, you know, this team won 100 games. They won 92 last year. They improved even though it didn't really feel like it. And as many injuries as they had. So, in general, it's a frustrating year, but... They know, everybody knew that 2019 was the year that Cashman intended to, to contend anyway. So this has kind of been icing on the cake, so to speak, the last two years with the playoff runs.
0: Okay. Um, and, and obviously, you know, you're talking about 2019, and we're getting ready to head into the offseason in that hot stove, and... I mean, I think the Yanks, they're definitely looking to add to that championship total. And for a long time, it's been a a belief that, hey, by this offseason, you're going to see the Yankees possibly all in on adding a Bryce Harper to their roster. Uh, A lot of talk about, you know, could Manny Machado end up in pinstripes? Um, You know, there's a lot of big name, soon to be free agents that's going to hit the market. My question for you, Nate, is: Do they really need to add to that roster, or do you see them, you know, going out and saying, "Hey, we really need to strengthen our pitching staff, and maybe we look at one of the big fish out on the market, um, whether it be, you know, possibly the biggest one that's heading out there in Clayton Kershaw, or we'll see what um, David Price from those same World Champion Red Sox. Let's see if he ends <laughs> up in the in the free agent market. He has that player option. Could you what, what do you see them doing? Do you think pitching has become more of a priority, or will they still be looking to maybe add more bats?
2: I really think pitching will be the big priority. I know everybody talks about Bryce Harper and Machado. I've also been seeing that now, of course, these are all just sources, that are seeing now that they've cooled off on Machado after the postseason and the antics he played and talking about not hustling. Um, Bryce Harper, again, they also are saying they aren't really considering pursuing him. So, I mean, those are two uh, positions that they really don't need to fill. The only issue is shortstop right now because Dee Gregorius had Tommy John surgery and he's going to be out for at least July or August, according to Cashman. So they may need to fill in someone there. They do have other options that are cheaper to, until D comes back. So I really do think, though, that pitching and possibly first base, uh, too, with the issues they have there, will be the main focuses in the off season.
0: Okay. You bring up an interesting point there, Nate, with the, the talk about what are they going to do with shortstop, with, uh, with D.D. You know, being injured. Do you see them just sliding, um, you know, potential rookie of the year in the AL, Gliber Torres, over to shortstop?
2: Um, that's possible. They also did uh, sign, or they uh, traded for Echeverria from, um, well, he played with the Rays before. I don't remember where they got him from this year. He's a very solid defensive shortstop. Not much of a bat they could put in there and re-sign him. Um. So, just there's options. They also got Neil Walker. He could play in second base. Um, so yeah, they could move Glaber. Also, you know, they got Miguel and for playing third. So yeah, they necessarily Machado wouldn't be a necessary thing.
0: Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, so let me let me ask you this, Nate. When we get to, I mean, I, I know we're being Theoretical, right now we're talking, um, you know, almost a year from now. But when we get to September, the end of September in 2019, just finish my thought here: the New York Yankees will be what?
2: They will be in the in the mix of East or the AL is so loaded; it's hard to just come out and say they're going to be World Series champions. Um, but they will be in the contention for it. I mean, you still got Boston, you got the Astros, which kind of a side thing, not really talking about them, but the Astros have some decisions to make too, but they're rostered, so that could change things for them. Um, so it's not a given. You got the Indians too, but they will be still in the playoff mix. I would expect at least, um, an ALCS
0: berth—that would be my expectation. So,
2: okay, And I, then, I won't go right out and say World Series champ. Too much in play.
0: I, I don't blame you, especially after the season that those Red Sox just showed. I mean, it's—I it, mean, it's—it's it's tough. I, it's tough. I mean, you guys had the the firepower without a doubt, and it just shows you how difficult it is. I mean, not only making the playoffs, but I mean. Getting to a World Series,
2: yeah, and like I said, they won 100 games. It's not like they had an average season, so right. They unfortunately just were in a division with a team that won 108. So it's it will be another interesting season in the American League East. That is for sure. All
0: right, so one one final question for you, Nate, and, and I'm just going to try to send you out on a happy note here. If you have, uh, well, I, I, as we get you know into the fall and we you know, get to December, and we're having winter meetings, and if you were sitting on Santa's knee right now, what is the one thing that you are asking him for to come I to 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 come a, to your team, the New York Yankees?
2: A dominant pitcher. That would be the one thing the Yankees need. That guy you know, you put him on the mound, he's going to give you six, seven innings, and at least give you a chance to win a game.
0: Okay, does that dominant pitcher have a name in your mind?
2: Uh, I would think it would have to be in a trade.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Kershaw, that back in his postseason, I don't think the Yankees are going to want to commit to the money that he'll want, especially with his age. He's not exactly a spring chicken anymore. Um, There's been talk of Patrick Corbin from the Diamondbacks, he isn't exactly a dominant ace. I would say probably Mad Madison Gardner.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Going out so. with, a, with a little mad bum prediction. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that, Nate. Um, once again, man, thank you for joining us on the My Team, My Voice phone line tonight. Um, I know, uh, you know... This is something we've been talking about for a minute. You know, getting you on the show, and and I'm glad that it's finally happening. Um, Do you want to give the people just a a quick little hit of your show? You know, you know, just kind of give them your your show. You know, when you can normally find you, and and any of your like social media.
2: Uh, yeah, I I do Bronx Bombers Beat every Monday. I have a new episode. Uh, right now we're talking about. The grades for the past season, and then obviously going to be looking at that hot stove coming up. So every Monday on my team, my voice podcast network, you can catch my show.
0: Awesome. And, and what about uh, on social media? Where, where can they follow you
2: at? Uh, at Nate Shelton BBB.
0: At Nate Shelton BBB. That on that's on Twitter. Is that on all social?
2: On Twitter.
0: Sorry. On Twitter. Awesome. Well, Nate, again, thank you for joining us here on the Out of the Pin podcast, and we'll look forward to having you back on again soon, all right?
2: All right, thanks. That's fun.
0: All right, thanks, guys. All right, Andy, so that's your first time hearing uh, that interview with Nate Shelton there from uh, Bronx Bombers uh, Beat Podcast here on My Team, My Voice Podcast Network. What what do you think about what Nate was saying, Andy? He brought up some very interesting, uh, maybe even out of the box ideas during that interview. Uh, what, what's your reaction to what he was saying?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, of course he. I mean, he's head on on uh, the fact that they need to focus on their pitching, um, make sure that they shore that up. I mean, pitching wins championships, and uh, they've got a nice lineup. Um, they've got a lot going for them. Um, and uh, I mean, some of their pitchers are just uh, getting older and not, not pitching as well. And uh, I think it's interesting that he brings up uh, Bumgarner um, as a possibility. I haven't really thought much into what it would take to get him and um, what he's going to look like going forward. And so, but I think that's that's a that would be a great get.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, Bumgarner is a guy that you know this year you've know, dealt with a lot of injury. Uh, but when he's on his game, clear, you know, it's obvious he's one of the best uh, pitchers in baseball. Me being a Royals fan, I know that firsthand. I mean, he single-handedly won that 2014 World Series uh, mm-hmm. against the Royals, and you know, as much as I'd like to hate it for that, I don't know. Just something about Bumgarner comes off as a guy that you just kind of like, you yeah. know. Um, so then that begs the question: if he was to end up in pinstripes, you know, do do you can you, can you even like him a little bit anymore. I mean, you know, like, that's, that's the evil empire, right? Um, but no, I It'd think be interesting. Yeah. Well, and I found it really interesting that um, you know talking to Nate about the Yankees, and you know, we and we all agreed that that uh, pitching was the area that they need to focus on this winter. Um, but it's it was very interesting to me to hear him say, you know. Oh, you know, he, he wasn't like, well, we can go out, we can spend the money. We're the Yankees, right? We can spend, we can buy what we need. He said, no, I think we're going to trade for that, that pitcher. Well, there definitely
1: um, has seemed to be a change in some of uh, the traditional thoughts that the Yankees used to use and do. Um, I think as uh, as a, as the ownership passed on and over time – uh, there is a little bit less of the let's spend everything and go outspend everybody. And there has been quite a bit more of um, let's build something. They still spend. Yeah. but oh yeah, they still spend, but, but there is a little bit more. And I mean you look at you look at the successful teams, um, when you look at LA, when you look at Houston, when you look at Boston, there's I mean, all of them are spending some. Houston, less so, but uh, they're spending a lot, I should say. Yeah. But at the same time, they're making very strong decisions based off of saver metrics, based off of other items. Um, I should add the Cubs in there. Um, they're spending, but at the same time, they're also being smart about it. And yeah. they're not not—they're um, no longer just going out, spending the most money, and then um, having to trade off dead
0: that income later. Right. And, well, and and another, you know, I think important factor that Nate, you know, said he didn't shy away from it that hey, the Red Sox are the champs and they're not an old team. You know, there's they're not going to be broken up really. I mean, there's obviously each year there's some change on every team's roster, but overall it's going to be a very similar group coming back. That makes it tough on not only the Yankees, but the AL East and the American League as a whole. Um, I just, you know, wanted to kind of, you know, see see what you thought about about him pointing that out. You know, what's it going to look like for the American League in 2019? Do we think? Well, I I still think
1: the American League is going to be really strong. Um, I'm the Astros. It's it's hard to tell everything that's going to go on with them, but. Um, they they are they've just been set for um, because of so many good draft picks for a while and early draft picks and um, some of the different items that they've had there and they uh, they have some of those guys coming up off the books but um, I think I think they still are in their prime for a little bit so you've got Tough competition there. Yeah. Um, you've got a few teams that are kind of up and coming. You never know. Like, you always expect the Angels to take that next step. I mean, they had the best player in the world, possibly the best dual player in the world in Shohei Itano, Otani. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, like, and you just keep expecting something to happen, but it seems like every step forward they take, a step back they take. You've got the A's who just. Always seem to be in there. Yeah. you've got um, you have the Indians and um, they're a good young team. Um, they've got they've got their work to do, but um, so I think the I think the AL is going to continue to be competitive. And while um, the Red Sox uh, are a scary looking team, I think uh, when you look at the Astros, when you look at even the Yankees. They've got some competition for the next few years. I don't think it's going to necessarily be a reign of terror here by the Red Sox. So
0: Okay. Well, and you brought up something very interesting there in what you're saying. I don't even know if you Necessarily meant to, or if you noticed that you did, but but one thing you said was you know while, while we're talking about teams as a whole, you did start to mention you know a little bit of individual players there, and that's something I wanted to talk with you about on this episode before we get out of here is you know let's let's talk about what we think is going to happen as we start you know getting the awards announced and p- particular the MVP. So let, let's just stay right there in the American League. I, I think um, you know the American League most valuable player award is one that's maybe a little more clear-cut than it is in the National League I mean I think it's hard for anyone to say that it doesn't come down to two players uh, right you, you, you kind of you know you hit on uh, the Angels with Mike trout you know the best player hands uh-huh. down in in the game but the likelihood is that he's not gonna win that award it's gonna probably be mookie Betts from the Red Sox right Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and earlier this year I actually wrote an article uh, for our site at where I compared the two and I, whenever I, I went into actually writing that article I was like man I was like I get what Betts is doing it, it's you know it's really good you know especially at that time you know it, it was about mid season or so um, but I was like Mike Trout was on pace to have an all-time year right, All right. an all-time season but whenever I got to really looking at it, I was like, oh, dang, they are so close across the board. Um, and then with the success that the Red Sox have had uh, and with the Angels falling off, I was like, okay, um, yeah, it may be going to Mookie Betts. What, what do you think there? I mean, is there any way that it doesn't go to Mookie? I mean, does Trout perhaps end up with the MVP? Well,
1: I think um... – I think when you really look at the numbers, I think that there's a pretty strong argument that Trout had a better overall season. But I just don't see how they want to give it to Betts. Um, Betts it, it, their their numbers are really close, mostly across the board. And um, Betts made it to the playoffs, and Trout didn't. You know, yeah. and um, that that makes a big difference when it comes to MVP voting. Uh, as you take a look, a few a few things to notice: um, Betts, uh actually has seven less home runs than Mike, Michael Trout this year, um, and but uh, his batting average is about thirty points higher. Um, the interesting thing with that is, um, on base percentage, uh, Trout had, um, just a, an unbelievable 460 on base percentage and, um uh, Betts had a 438. Um, you know, that is kind of crazy. So that's, that's putting, uh, Trout ahead on OPS and it's putting him ahead on OPS plus. Um, actually, uh, with OPS plus, he is a little bit behind there, but, um, war, they're very similar, um. You know, both teams make the playoffs. I would I would argue a little bit more on trout, but like with just the Red Sox making it and I, I you know, there's different philosophies different ways. It's close. it's, it's a draw almost on yeah.
0: the stats, so well, I I, th- I think it's gonna go with bet. I, I oh, think yeah. that's it's gonna go the way Definitely. of bets that, for sure. Now when we're looking at the national league, I think there is a much um bigger area for debate here in the national Mm. league. Uh, and and I narrowed it down to kind of four names. So let me, let me throw these names out here to you, Andy, and let me see what you think, uh, and and see if you agree with me. I think, you know, perhaps the, the hottest name because of what he did, uh, you know, at the end of this season, especially in carrying his team into the playoffs is going to be Christian Yelich with the, uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Um, you know he had a good overall year, but he got really hot at the end. Wow. And I, and a lot of times, whenever you're talking about these award races, it is, you know, what do you do in that final push? You know that really you know sets your team up for success, because uh, that's the, you know, it's kind of like one of the, that old adage, of, you know, what have you done for what me mean? lately? What's yeah. the, the last thing we saw from you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second name that I'm going to throw at you is uh, Javi Baez with the Cubs. Uh, you know, he was a really popular um, name for the majority of the season. He was, I mean, doing incredible things. Don't get me wrong, doing incredible things for a team that you know um, got into the playoffs, right? But um, you know, and won a World Series not too long ago. And I mean, he just he was playing, he was making it fun, right? He was he was an exciting player to watch. Um, so so I get why he's in that discussion, definitely. Uh, the third guy is maybe the, a guy who's a bit of a surprise to me. I mean, I don't know that before this season I would have ever considered him to be an MVP candidate, but that would be Matt Carpenter with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, you know, kind of that untraditional leadoff guy, hitting for power from the leadoff spot, um, and, and was doing what he could to carry St. Louis uh, throughout the year, who ended up. You Know just not quite having enough this season, um, but you know, that's that's my third name, and then the final name that I want to give you, um, you know, MVP the majority of time you're talking about position plays, you're right, you know, you're talking about guys that are playing every day, but the fourth name that I want to throw out there is Max Scherzer, mm. guy had an incredible year on the mound, uh, and, and honestly, I think, uh, Good enough that he deserves to be in the conversation of MVP in the National League. So I'm gonna just get your reaction to those four names. What what do you think?
1: Well, um, I think
0: that the the
1: popular thought is that Yelich is going to get it, and you know he uh, he just uh, um, and as you look at position players, he led the position players um, well that um, are in the running war. He's you know hit it um they they were all right around the same area in home runs um uh and then when you take a look at his um on base percentage was higher than the rest of the guys that are in the running there um he's just and then he's great in the field as well you know and um but when you take a look uh Carpenter, yeah, I mean, especially in this area, there was a lot of pull for him because they Cardinals were looking to be toast, and then he kind of pulled them into it a little bit. But I mean, there's a lot of thing reasons. I, I don't I I don't know. I, I wasn't a big fan of the talk on that. Um, you know, he has the same amount of home runs as Yelich, but um, Yelch, but he's uh hitting nearly. Nearly 70 points lower in batting average, yeah. and uh, and on base percentage he's a little bit closer, but he's still uh, well below him. And War um, just wasn't even close. Um, and Bias had had a good year, and I think you could make a good argument. But it just still seems Yelich is over him. Um, I hadn't really thought much of Scherzer before. Um, I had looked at Nolan um, Arenado, yeah. um,
0: and he had he had a good season. And um, I mean, you, you uh, got you got some guys. And I can kind of see your screen a little bit from here. I mean, Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. You know, you, I see that name up there. Um, I mean, there's some guy I mean, there's definitely some really good players out there. But whenever you factor in, I mean, as much as they say it's all about. Um, what Post the player season. well, what the player does yeah. uh, individually it's still, you know, does your team, you know, is your team successful, right? That, yeah. that factors in well, one way or another. Well, and with
1: with Goldsmith, the, you know, he actually, like, I mean, he's on there, but he actually had a really terrible year for the first couple months. And um, then he just turned it on. Oh, my goodness. But um, uh, Scherzer's war, I looked it up here a little bit, um, and he actually has a higher war than any of those guys. But I just really am... Anti the pitcher getting the MVP. They have the Cy Young, um, and um, they pitch, especially like I mean, a starting pitcher. They're not playing every day. It's just um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm very much against the um, MVP for for a pitcher. Um, like I mean, he's had a great year and yeah. he deserves awards well, and well, he's
0: gonna well, get them. Let me let me throw this out there. This, this is why I want him. I mean, I honestly feel like I may pull for Scherzer out of those names more than anyone, and and here's why: when, one, when you look at it, he had an 18 and 7 record, right? I mean, and I know records for pitchers are not everything, but that was for a uh, Washington Nationals team that really, let's be honest, had a kind of a failure of a season, right? Expectations were high, and they just could not get it done. Right, they they struggle. Imagine what they'd been like without Scherzer on that roster. is kind of what I'm getting at, because it would have been even worse, right? Um, and then when you look at, it, I mean, 220 innings pitched, 300 strikeouts, right? Um, and an ERA of 2.53, like that's that's solid numbers. I mean, the 300 strikeouts, most in his career for a single season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, to, to me, I think those are numbers that warrant him being in that MVP conversation. Like, I think, at the very least, he's a top-three finisher.
1: Well, I mean, while, while a 2.53 ERA is really, really good, um, I'm you even look over on the other side there uh, at the American League. Um, uh, I believe, if I remember right, um, Snell's uh, ERAs was a 1.87, yeah. and um, you have uh, Sell. Uh, he had a like a 2.12 or somewhere. I I might be a little off on that, but but I mean um, when we when we take a look at some of some of the different stats for pitchers, his um, ERA plus is a 168 for the year. I mean he he had a good year. I don't know, like I don't think it was like, and it was a dominant year, 300 strikeouts. That's great, but um, I don't know that it's enough to say, "Oh man, he's so great." I do think that um, that there's less of a less of a standout this year um, in the. Um, position players than that other years. And, and I, I understand, like, Yelich had a time of this year where that he just really didn't play that great a ball. Um, and so, but I still think um, it should go to a position player um, uh, almost, like, 99% of the time. and Unless it's just unbelievable. Yeah.
0: So, if you had to pick one player, who, who, who is your... Vote for NL MVP. Uh, I
1: would, I probably have to go with the Um You know, I I really uh, liked the year that um, Arenado had, um, but I would have to go with Yelich on that. Um,
0: yeah, and I, and I think I agree, I agree with you. I mean, Baez was a good story, you know, and and he's going to improve. He's going to keep progressing, right? And so uh, so is Yelich, obviously. But uh, what Yelich and Lorenzo Cain were able to do to kind of you know push that Milwaukee franchise forward i think there's um whenever you're talking about you know if you take that person away from that team how does it affect them and yeah if, if Yellick's not on that yep. roster you know the brewers aren't you know a couple of wins away from a world series right um, yeah yeah so
1: Yellow, Yellow was a big deal for the brewers this year um their uh their strategy going going um that last Part of the year, um, they noticed that they couldn't shore up their pitching staff without hurting their starting pitching without hurting themselves in the future, so they just stocked up on those relief pitchers and they rode Yellick in and you know, um, tried to get there but <laughs> didn't quite. <laughs>
0: so, definitely, definitely awesome. So, so, bets Yellick, that's our picks for the MVP awards. Yeah, I, I believe that's what will happen there. Awesome. Well, it's gonna be fun to uh, see how those awards play out. I'm sure that we will be discussing those on future podcasts as they uh, are announced. And I mean, I love the off season. I love the hosta I love rumors, even if they don't happen. Um, there's just so much stuff that's going on. And so I'm going to be excited to be able to talk, um, you know, throughout this winter with you here on the out of the Pin podcast. Um, and, and let's just see what happens. you know. Yeah. It's it's that magical time of year where everyone is a contender, right? And, and yeah. they're looking to make moves to sure that up. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, no, it'll be great. Thank you so much, Boston. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. So we're going to wrap it up here today, guys. Thank you for listening to Out of the Pim Podcast. Um, Andy, before we get off here, can you give um, any kind of social media or wherever you want that the people can follow you on?
1: Uh, My uh, Twitter um, is at Andy underscore ZSIGA ZSIGA and uh, yeah uh, Facebook I'm on there okay look
0: up Andy ZSIGA okay that'll work and you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Boston 3 that is at Eric Boston in the number 3 and of course, I mean, we don't even necessarily need you guys to follow us, you know, individually. If you want to just jump on dot outofthepinbaseball.com, that is outofthepinbaseball.com. Uh, you can find out how to follow us individually on there, but the best thing about it is you can get all of our content. Um, you can see the articles that we're putting out. You can listen to the podcasts right on the, on the website, or you can get the links. There's videos, there's... I don't know. There's just a lot of good stuff on there, really, and we're going to be trying to put out content, um, you know, on a regular basis throughout each month. Um, you'll probably be getting a couple podcasts a month from us. We're looking at doing every other week on the podcast, so expect that out probably late on Friday nights uh, or early Saturday mornings. So you know, start your weekend off with out of the pen and some baseball talk. Um, and don't forget it's always all about you know baseball from a fans perspective so we need you guys the fans to be a part of it um, if you want to follow us as a as a um, platform on Twitter you can do that as well it's at OTP that's at OTP P is in Paul baseballcom and you can see, you know, we will make sure anytime there's new content that comes out on the website, you know, we're going to share it on there for you guys, make it easy for you to get it, interact with us, tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear some more of, and we'll be glad to do it moving forward. Andy, I'm, you know, always, always a good time to be able to sit and just talk baseball with you, man. Yep, it's good. All Thanks, right. man. Yeah, we will see you guys next time.
1: Happy... Right.
2: Want to stay up to date with Yankees baseball? Listen to Bronx Bombers Beat with me, Nate Shelton, every Monday right here on MTMV. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice.